Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. And we're live. Sorry, I just wanted to say it like that. Yeah, I want to sound like an, an advertising guy. Ooh, advertising guy. That's like a theme. Yeah. Um, we should do pre-show shenanigans. Um, <laughs> I mean, we kind of do. Not in the same way. Uh, all right. So, everybody, tonight's topic is advertising. Uh, what? Are, how did I word it in in on the thing? It was susceptibility to advertising. Yeah. Like and I wanted to you know layer in parenting on top of that because I think that's an important job of a parent is to teach their kids how to deal with advertising. Oh yeah, and and I brought that up actually. I put the topic on the list because I'm bad at it at susceptibility i mean here's the thing i don't know that i buy a lot of the shit but like you know and and it's it's regional so it's gonna be a little different for everybody um but like there's always those ads that that they had the jingle that were kind of regional whether a lot of times it's furniture stores the jingles and the jangles and once you hear them you can't but like i can i could probably do five right off the bat for you right now from from massachusetts um and like and some of them, I, the jingles and the taglines and everything else, I haven't heard in some, a couple of them I haven't heard in like 20 years. Um, one of them I want to find on YouTube because I want to show people. So let me, let me just back up. I think that the most regional advertising you're ever going to get, the most like specific to your culture as a region or a state is furniture. I, I think from what I've seen, it's this weird little thing. When I lived in Denver, American Furniture Warehouse had this creepy guy named Jake Jabs, and he would get he would shoot these ads with fucking tigers, and um, <laughs> and and people like loved the guy. I met him. He was a fucking douchebag. I worked for him, so I met him. Um, but he he yeah. So and that was such a weird Colorado thing. But in Massachusetts, we have a lot. We had three or four big big furniture stores that all had their own specific advertising and there's one that i've been wanting to find because i consider it the most boston ever but i cannot find it on youtube the they're no longer in business but it's this guy named dean and it was dean's home furniture and he had the thickest massachusetts accent ever and his phrase his catchphrase was you know you'd say do those other guy can those other guys beat a four bedroom set for $9.99? I doubt it. But he would say it, and I'm going to do this, and this is very accurate, so all my Massachusetts listeners will be like, oh yeah, I, I know what he's talking about. But everybody else will be like, there's no fucking way. He's got to be exaggerating. I promise you I'm not exaggerating. Can those other guys beat $9.99 for four, for four different pieces of furniture? I doubt it. And that would, and every single ad would be, I doubt it. And then he was bought by Bob's Furniture, and Bob did it for a little bit, but you cannot find Dean's on YouTube. I looked so much, looked high and low. I want so bad to find Dean's Home Furniture. I doubt it to show people, but... Why is it always furniture companies? I don't know why. But like, it seems like that's the regional ad that's always the best. Yeah, and so I've never had cable television in North Carolina, so I don't know the advertising situation here. But I will say that North Carolina has more mattress firms than any other fucking place I've ever been. I've never Every seen shopping so many. Center. Ma- 
mattress shop, stores, and they're almost all seem to be mattress firm. Mattress firm, mattress factory, original mattress factory. Yeah, yeah, those, 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 those. So when I was growing up, there was a carpet company in Manhattan. They were on uh, 18th Street and Fourth Avenue, I think. I think I'm going to say Fourth Avenue. Maybe no, Fifth Avenue. 18th Street, Fifth Avenue. Um, walking distance to my dad's store, so I used to pass it. I used to get chicken salad sub at the Andy Deli across the street from me. And uh, it was ABC Carpet. And there was this old Jewish guy in the commercial, and he'd be like, they, they, like a voice off camera, and be like, hey, Jerry, what's the story? And he'd be like, oh, I got sales you won't believe. And he'd like lift his hands up, and he was a big fat guy, and his shirt would ride up, so his belly was hanging out of his shirt. Every ad, like that was his, that was his ad. They say whatever the specials were that, that week. Uh, um, and, good old New York city. And then my turned out that my next door neighbor's grandfather worked for him. And like, as a kid, I didn't know that, but like I saw his gramps walking out of the store one day when I was working for my dad years later, you know, like on week on a, you know, weekends or holidays at my dad's store and went over and I was like, Hey, grandpa Lou. And he was like, what are you, you bothering me at work kid? I was like, you work at ABC carpet. Like what's the story, Jerry? He goes, yeah, it's my boss. It's <laughs> like, other podcasts offer their Patreon feeds for only $3 a month for four or more episodes per month? I doubt it. Do other podcasts offer their Patreon feeds uncensored for only $3 a month for four or more episodes? I doubt it. Go to patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff to get talking about the big stuff uncensored every single week for only $3 a month. I bet those other guys can't do that. Yeah. The the big ones that we had in, in Massachusetts, uh, you know, Bob's was discount furniture, Dean's was discount furniture, but we had um we had two big big ones that would kinda that would kind of put those ones to shame. Oh, and there's Rotman's too. I'm forgetting about Rotman's. See, I'm very I am if I may not like buy shit from you, but if you want to, if you advertise to me, you'll be in my head for the next 30 years. Um, but there was two, there was one that was, uh, it was called Jordan's furniture and they were really weirdly gimmicky. They're, I think they were considered the better furniture of any, I wouldn't say chain. There was like three or four locations across the state and they would, but they, their advertising would be interesting. It was two brothers and they, you know, they, they had set up, there was an IMAX theater in a furniture store. Um, that's where, like, if you live in central Massachusetts and you want to go see IMAX, you go to a furniture store to go see IMAX movies. And they have butt kicker seats, uh, which which are, the, they have speakers in the seat so that when, like, I saw gravity there and, like, every time there's, like, a big boom, you, you feel it in your ass. Um, that's why I don't go to theaters anymore. Yeah. Uh, but then there was also, there was Bernie and Phil's, which was a husband and wife. Her name was Phyllis. And I don't know if she was a doctor, but they called her Dr. Phil. And this was before Dr. Phil was famous. Um, and there was these ads where it was, uh, Bernie and Phil, quality, comfort, and price. That's nice. And, uh, everyone, every one of their ads would have like weird little gimmicks where Ber Bernie was dreaming. And it would, it, and he'd be like, "I dreamt that that uh, furniture sets were only nine ninety nine, and then in his wife would be like, "That's not a that's or that's not a nightmare, that's a dream," and that was the whole ad was that they would just like such it, it's it sucks because they're like 
there is nothing good to, there's nothing to say about it but it's it, it sticks in my head so 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 let's talk about good and bad advertising yes uh, so uh, the the aristotelian like ideal ad the way an ad should be formatted in the perfect world this is how aristotle shot it he, he, how, he, how aristotle uh how he did, advertising yeah this is how he did his ads so here's the ideal ad um must have been good. You set up a problem. This is the problem my customer has. This is my product as the solution to the problem. Here is a reason to believe that my product is the solution. And then a call to action, you know, telling the, the customer what to do to get your product. And that is the, the, the quintessential uh, correct way to do an ad nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. And and What's funny is how ad companies forget that, ad agencies forget that, especially if they have a successful ad campaign. So one of the most successful ad campaigns of all time, do you remember the MasterCard um, priceless campaign where they'd be yes. like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, tickets to the ball game, 52 bucks, baseball caps, 25 bucks, a new glove, 120 bucks, spending the day with my son, priceless. That was an amazing because it showed like at the beginning that visually the, the father and the son weren't near each other, and then they so you got the problem is how to bond with your kid, and here's how you bond with your kid, um, you know, and, and it's all this stuff, but how do you buy that stuff? You got his Mastercard, priceless, boom! It's a beautiful ad, and it, and it made Mastercard go from going out of business, like everyone had American Express and Visa, nobody had Mastercard, to like back on top because it became so popular. But then after like the tenth version of that ad. It became any random thing priceless without any of the buildup and the emotion because they forgot what made it work. Right. So when um, I, I took a course in advertising and, and in, in proper marketing materials, so that's where I kind of got that frame from. And the woman teaching the course was course was from Procter and Gamble, like one of the biggest, well, you know, dry goods, whole you know, products and soap products and chem, you know everything chemical, everything home companies, right? And she was a VP of marketing there. And she talked about how she did her stock portfolio by watching TV ads and seeing which ads did not follow the formula and selling her stock in those companies and which ads did follow the formula and buying stock in those. Because she's like, their sales are going to go down because they got too caught up in a fun commercial. And her classic example was the Budweiser Frogs commercial. The Budweiser. She goes, everybody loved those commercials. Everybody remembers those commercials. Everybody bought the towels the clock on the wall posters all these budweiser you know frog stuff but nobody was buying budweiser beer because nothing about that commercial said you're thirsty budweiser is a beer to satisfy you because it's you know natural water from the rockies and whatever blah 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 you know and you know as a reason to believe and then buy a beer in a store near you like it didn't have any of the four elements so their sales went down when Heineken at the same time saw that and they were like, oh, these commercials suck. You know, so what they did was their commercial was a picture of Heineken, a, a stein of Heineken beer with condensation going down the side and a camera slowly panning around it to watch this like cool, refreshing beer and the voiceover Heineken. It's all about the beer. So they didn't really follow the four things either, but they just showed you the perfect beer with that reason to believe just by looking at it with the visual was your reason to believe that it's the best beer and their sales shot up while Budweiser's was sinking. So I, uh,
taught my kids at an early age how to watch for those things in the commercial and figure out what they're trying, like, what are they trying to sell you? Why are they trying to sell it to you? And, you know, what are they telling you to make you believe it? And it was like stupid things, you know, be like, certs with Retson. The hell is Retson? Eh, it's a reason to believe. It sounds like something scientific is in it. It must be good. Yeah. Um, we had, so in my, in my house, uh, growing up, my dad was a strong believer in, uh, not rewarding bad advertising. And <laughs> if we were watching TV and he didn't, and, and I'm not saying like, if he didn't like an ad, but if he thought an ad was insulting to your intelligence or was annoying or anything else, he would say, none of you buy that right now. Like, it, like, and and so, and, and these weren't like boycotts for any kind of uh, ethical purpose. They were just like, that was an obnoxious ad. We're not buying that. Oh, the head on, uh, attach, you know, apply it directly to the forehead. Uh, headache medicine. Remember that one? Like, no. it was a horrible ad that was like repeatedly over and over. People, head on, you apply it to your forehead. It was like, repeatedly. And it was so cheaply made and annoying. And then after three months or so, the new ad came on. Head on, and it would freeze and go up in the corner. And someone goes, "Remember, you know that ad? Really annoying ad, but the product really works." And then they would do a real ad that had the four elements, and they just did the first one just as an awareness thing, so you would remember the name of the medicine. And oh, then that's they, awesome. and then they had to, but then they had to overcome the fact that everybody hated the ad. But they knew everybody would hate the ad, so they had to overcome that. I'm never going to buy that because that ad is annoying. But it it got it in people's heads. Nice. Nobody bought it from the first ad, but the second ad had a chance. I asked my son when we talked about doing this topic today. I asked my, one of my sons, "Do you remember any commercials that like I watched with you? Because I used to actively watch TV with them and talk about commercials with them, so they wouldn't get the susceptibility as, as badly." And instantly, he was like, "Guess who?" There's a show, the game Guess Who. It was like a board with little faces of different cartoon characters, and you had to say, "Does your guy have glasses?" You know, whatever. Does yeah, yours have a smile? Racial profiling, the board game. Yeah, and um, I love that game. I'm yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because you're from Massachusetts, and uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was just racial profiling a bunch of different kind of white people. Because yeah. unless you pulled the one black person, it was just like, is your guy a redheaded white? Is your guy a, a thug? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, but I remember the commercial. They would animate the characters, like they were looking at the pictures, and they would smile and they go woo, and they do all kinds of funny faces, and. He said, I remember the most is you watching that and you saying, do you think it really does that? And us being like, well, you wouldn't ask us if the answer was yes. So we were like, no, him and his brother. And, the, and then I'd say, now look how much fun they're having playing. Do you think a game where you just ask, does he have glasses? And you say yes or no is as much fun as they're having. And he goes, I remember my brother saying, they're actor kids. They told them to pretend it's fun. And you were like, yeah. It's like every commercial, you'd be like, what are those kids? And we'd be like, actors. They're not really having fun. Yeah. I mean, they could have actually been having fun raking in that sweet, sweet get, uh, guess who dough. But... Yeah, sweet, sweet college money that their parents would end up embezzling from them if they'd have to sue their parents for emancipation. I didn't say they're currently having fun. I said they may have been having fun <laughs> at the time. Um, we... It, Speaking of, of game ads, uh, and, and advertising obviously has just changed so much in the last 20 years, but uh, game ads for for apps, like game apps on your phone. Oh, that's I'm with your father on that. 
Like, oh, well, yeah. I will never get that 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 game because I know it's not the game you're showing me in the app. So there's no way I will ever download your game. It drives me crazy. For a long time, I would like go click it, go through the screenshots that they have on the app store. If the screenshots don't match the ad, I would report it, <laughs> or not report it. I would, I would, uh, don't show me this anymore, or whatever. Yeah, to yeah. Hide the ad. Forget me. I think I got you know. I download like one because it looked cool, and I was like, oh, you get one screen that's like the one mini game that's like the game for every six hours of play, and every game is the same. It's always a matching crystals game or something. Yes. Or or uh, find the hidden object in the house, you know, on the screen or whatever. It's one of those two things or a combination. To get to the cool thing. Oh, look at your royal quest. Did it, did I it? do happen to love bejeweled style games. Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm like, like, like to me, they, I, I have that on my phone right now because I just got a new phone and it came pre-installed. And I'm like, this game is fine. I wish the ads weren't what they were. And, yeah. you, and I like, what annoys me with the ads more than anything else, even the ads that are accurate, because Royal, the Royal King, whatever that is, has the, has that part of the element fairly regularly you get to the, yeah, one of those every screens. three or four levels or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So what really annoys me is that, and they do this on a lot of the games, the character playing the game in the ad is stupid. And you're watching and going, it's that move there. Why don't you just do that, do that, do that move? You know, there's that one where... Sorry. There's the there's that one game where it's like someone shooting guns and there's like medieval people attacking and then there's like a, carts full of barrels and it, with a number on it. They shoot... Fast enough, they get more weapons, and they're always aiming at the wrong barrel. They aim at the closest one. I'm like, aiming at the number four hundred that's coming. Yeah, like there's one that's like one two, and you're like, like you're never gonna get that. I'm like, and I know what you want. You want me to say I'm smarter than that person. I'm gonna download that game and I'll show them how to play. But I'm never gonna download that game because of that. That's the new version of uh, when when they used to do the as seen on TV. Uh, I'll buy every one of those. And if it's I seen on TV, I'm buying it. No, it's not the products, but that I have a problem with. It's the like the guy that they get, and they're like, "Have you ever accidentally pierced your eardrum while while uh, applying, like, you know, like uh, while shaving while your be- ears while your bedazzling ears? your vagina?" <laughs> and they like, and then they show like the dumbest looking guy, and he's like, and you can see it come out the other side practically, and you're like, like no, because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not intentionally trying to kill myself. Like, I posted something about Billy Mays in the last year, and his son replied to it. I forgot. It's on social social media. I made a reference to Billy Mays being one of the greatest pitchmen of all time, and I miss him. And his son replied, "Nice. He really I'm ha- was. I'm happy I didn't insult him. I wasn't. I wasn't using him as a, as a punchline. You know, I actually was saying he was good at his job. Yeah, I love I- when I love the the weird little." Uh, celebrity adjacent I mean, and billy mays being a celebrity is well he earned it from the yeah. from the ads i mean but uh but the celebrity adjacent like things that you get like randomly on like twitter and stuff like at one time i i randomly i did not pick her she picked me uh uh george carlin's daughter retweeted something that yeah. i posted one time and i was like oh that's so cool and then um and then for some random reason, I think it was the chocolate. Di- I think this is all the chocolate diamond media Twitter account, which I, probably doesn't even exist anymore because I don't use Twitter, but um, there's no such thing as Twitter. It's called X. X. Um, 
but uh, the other person that randomly followed me on there was I, was um, Nancy Sinatra. Uh, no, what's the girl that sings "Every Time I See Your Bubbly Face"? Every You're asking the wrong bubbly? person. Yeah. Uh, uh, her dad. Her dad randomly followed me. I like was like, "Who the fuck is this person?" <laughs> and I clicked in, and it was and it was like verified because it, it was the first person that followed me that had a check. I'm like, who is this person and why do they have a check? And so I clicked it and it was um not Kaylee Cuoco. It's something similar to that. Oh man. Gonna... She's that's the um Yes, I know who that big is. Big bang chick. I mean I think that's derogatory, but okay. Uh, I didn't I didn't name the show. That's the girl from the the last witch to join Charmed. How about that? Uh Colby Calais. Her dad randomly liked me. You know what I'm talking about or no? Uh she's a cheese as far as I know. Colby, yeah. The song is what? 2000... Oh, it's 2007. Okay. I thought sure it was it is. Sure it is. She was... I th think she was like a one-hit wonder, but my, her dad ran my, my, my musical um, evolution stopped way before then. Yeah. That's the problem. Is that you let it stop. Evolution yeah. doesn't stop. Evolution is a train that keeps on rolling. It restarted again when Leah became old enough to bring her own music into the house, and you know, I, I hear things from her. Yeah, I'm starting to get that with Logan. Um, last week, he was asking me if I've ever listened, if I like Travis Scott, and I'm like, I, I know who that is. I do not know any of his music. He, your son is such a little Republican. Why? I don't know. Just to me, it sounds like a redneck country music singer. Oh, no, he's a rapper. Oh, okay, cool. He's one of, the, one of the Kardashians... Uh, an ex-husband of a Kardashian with with him and uh, he was the one that at the concert someone got stomped to death oh yeah yeah but he was the producer as well as the, the yeah. act so he he got a lot of lawsuits yeah yeah I, I, I don't know I didn't Logan was like listen to this song and we listened to it and I was like okay it's not, it's not mumble rap so. you're like let me tell you something Logan I grew up in the days of Eminem you're not going to show me any rapper who's as good as Eminem, so just give it up now. Yeah. yeah. I am an Eminem fan. I know you are. Yeah. It's not, he's not the only rapper. The, he's not even the first rapper I liked. The first rapper I liked was probably DMX, then Ludacris. For me, I think it was Sugar Hill Gang. First of all, uh, most people barely consider that rap. That's hip-hop. They were the first. It was the first. They were the first rappers. Yeah, but they didn't write their own shit, and uh, and it was so corny. And like, even the rap community does, doesn't really accept. Right, them. but they invented it. It's like you know, when you invented it, you didn't invent it right. Okay, does a studio plant inventing that count? No, they didn't yeah. invent it. They were the first ones to get it on radio. You should read Jay Z's book. Uh, he explains the history of hip hop because <laughs> hip hop. As we white people know it, and as it was introduced to the masses, yes, they were the first ones that we heard, and because they. Well, know. I mean, it was also actually you know I'm going another in in the the DJs, the black DJs in Queens and you know in the black station here, they rapped in between the songs, like that was their way of introducing songs that they would make up raps. 
yeah. be- before. Probably. And I know was, these. I, came, I lived through the sixties and seventies. I know these things. And it I just came don't. From it's not. It's not. It's not funny to say that. So I didn't say that because I do funny things. And saying Sugar Hill invented it is funny. I saying that to... people who invented it invented it is not funny. It's informative. I don't give a shit about informative. This is Podcast. the internet. The internet's not about informative. It's about funny. It's about entertaining. It's about clicks. This podcast is about information, education, and entertainment. Hip hop. We should have an episode about hip hop. I re- um. <laughs> and the, uh, uh, that's, you can do that one in October when I'm on vacation. Are you on a vacation? Nice. Yeah, our, our anniversary's coming up. We're going to uh, Virginia. Going Wait, to... how many years? Thirty-two. Uh, maybe. What year did you get married? Uh, thirty-one. Number thirty-one. 92. We got married in 92. Our anniversary is Thursday. It'll be nine years. Nine years is the Willow slash ceramic anniversary. But if you're into the modern anniversary uh-huh. structures, it looked like it was leather, which I told Sarah was probably where I'm going to go with that. That, that would make sense. Maybe her leather daddy. Let's see. Traditional 32nd. Um, is a divorce papers apparently traditional gift for thirty second anniversary of divorce papers. I feel like if you're if you've been together thirty two years and you and it ends like I, I get it sometimes but like it feels like something went horribly awry. You know you know the old joke that the two ninety year olds who walk into a divorce lawyer mm-hmm. and say we're getting a divorce and the lawyer's like what do you mean you're getting divorced you've been married sixty three years ah oh, we wanted to wait till the children were dead. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so I just looked it up and the traditional gift is transportation themed and for our anniversary my wife booked us a uh, verbo house you know apartment whatever um, in Harrisonburg or something uh, Virginia it's out in the Shenandoah Valley the Blue Ridge Mountains there's a bunch of wineries vineyards that we really like in that area so we're going there we're going to nice. drink a lot of wine I like how this podcast started with you bragging about a threesome that never happened and now you're like we're going to a winery my yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the way the world goes all right well next time uh we will talk no i'm just joking uh what is our topic that we, oh advertising advertising so have you been teaching logan how to spot bad advertising or, or at least have to talk him down from commercials or ads he's seen on youtube the things that he suddenly wants and you're like eh, that's not gonna make you happy kid no um however yesterday at his like third we yesterday we, we were we saw a um we went to a bunch of different stores uh and they had toys and like we weren't going there for toys but you know, we'd already bought him a bunch of shit, and like we kept every time we'd go in, he'd be like, "I want that, I want that," and he would start throwing temper tantrums. And we pulled him outside, and I was like, "Hey, actually, at one point, he was he was starting to cry, and he was throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of the store, and and not not uh, yelling or sternly, but very sarcastically, I said, "When will it be enough?" <laughs> and Sarah just looked at me like, seriously. <laughs> Um, and then we went, we went outside and we were like, Hey, uh, sometimes we just go in places to see like, you know, this the store that we went into had very authentic lightsabers, which is why I went in. We're not spending $300 on a fucking lightsaber. 
but and but he saw stuff that was cheaper that he did want. I was like, we gotta we gotta rein this in. Yeah. Um, so, so here's a, here's so what we did. Start start really coming in, and since so, I refuse to use your cuteness for for money purposes. So what we did um, when they were getting the age where the things they wanted were too expensive to just buy, they weren't just cheap little tchotchkes anymore. Was um, the wonderful world of Amazon wish list, you know, just gift list things. Say, you like that? Let's pull up the Amazon app. We'll add it to your wish list and we'll keep track of what you want. And when birthday season comes around, Hanukkah season, we'll see which things you still want. And so we, we let them go in and edit and take things off. And half the things they were like, why is this on it? Because you saw it in a store once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once they weren't in the store, they had no idea why they wanted it in the first place. Yeah. So, um, so the the instant gratification became adding it to the list instead of putting it in the cart. Yeah, that's a good idea. Of course it's a good idea. I have to do that. Um, I will say, advertising was so much... I, I, I wish we could go back to... And this is going to sound so old man shakes fist at cloud. But I wish we could go back to the time before the algorithm... Uh, where everyone saw the same stupid fucking ads. I, there are some ads that we all see that, you know, the the games that are lying to us, uh, ads and stuff. But I, you know, that's the ben- one of the benefits of of you know cable television was that like if I you know turned on you know Mash to watch Mash and you turned on Mash, we're gonna see all the same ads. And now if I if I go on. Uh, on Hulu and watch uh, only murders happen in this building. You you'll see different ads than I do. I you know I called that out today or not? Um, because Martin Short's not funny. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he is hysterically funny. I, don't misquote me on this. I think Martin Short is hysterical. Just yeah. go on YouTube and watch a series of his uh, appearances on talk shows insulting the host, and he's the best. I I get that he's not everybody's taste. Like I love Will Ferrell, and I know people who are like he's so stupid, he's such a buffoon, and it's just obnoxious. And to me, Martin Short is in that same category of like it's a very taste specific humor. But but and there are taste specific humor. But he's a master of it, whether you like it or not. He's a master yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, but and you know, but like if I don't find somebody funny. And, and I can acknowledge that it's a taste specific thing. I'm just like, yeah, it's just not for me. Like, um, I can't think of a good example because I find so much funny. But uh, you know, as a comedy connoisseur, um, I you're I'm a comedy a, expert. I'm a comedy com- connoisseur. I'm a comedy connoisseur. I'm the connoisseur that absorbs anything. Yeah. Anyway, but I I go. I wish that we had. I miss some of the simplicity of that. The, the, of everybody, everybody having the same cultural reference points. Some of that. Ads. Also, like there was a, there was a, the, you know, the, obviously the creepiness of it was was uh, there was less creepiness to if you, if yeah. we're all going to see like uh, take two and call me in the morning every you know P, Tylenol you know whatever like if we all saw that it's like yeah I mean they don't know that I happen to have a headache today. Yeah. Whereas when we see something now, we're like, okay, always, well, always wondering, the, why yeah. did it? Why did? It, why is it suggesting to me a trip to the town that that my family is from in Italy that nobody's ever fucking heard of? <laughs> yeah. But I guess like, but like you know, part it's it's really funny now because 
now it, it may be that it used a profile on you and knows that you were near your dad and his phone. He had looked it up one time. And so it was in his cookies and they know that your phones were together. So they transferred to you because like, you know, and, and they target you that way. Or it may be you've seen ads for 30 different locations and that's the only one that stood out to you because you had a connection and yeah. you don't know which it is anymore because it used yeah. to just be the other one. It used to be things were random and the things that actually spoke to you, you noticed, but now it could be either or. Yeah, I agree. Do you know the story of, of what happened with Target when they were doing personalized mailings to people? No. They, uh, they, they're this thing where people were complaining that Target sent them stuff about babies before they told their spouse they were pregnant. Because Target's algorithm recognized the things they were buying were first trimester pregnancy, things like more likely. So they sent them stuff about diapers and about formula and stuff in their weekly flyer. Um, and then like, and it was like a flyer was all about pregnancy. And they started getting in trouble because they were too good at spotting it. So what they did was, they're not going to lose that ability. They changed their brochure. Instead of being 100% personalized, it was an, uh, you know, an eight-page brochure. And the, the, the first two pages, like the cover and first page and the back cover and, and inside of that, were the same for everyone in you know, the, the zip code or whatever you know, around that, that store. But then the inserted page of four pages was personalized to you. So, you know, if you looked, all your neighbors got the same thing. Nobody knew what it was. But then inside it happened to have stuff that was personalized to you, but it didn't look as targeted because half the stuff you didn't care about. And why, why, honey, why does yours have dildos? Nobody else's has dildos. Yeah. Well, a mailman would know yours is all dildos. Oh, and, my God. I got to tell you. And Amazon did the same thing. What Amazon's you may also like thing was so spookily on target people were canceling their account because it was tracking them too much. So that's why you get random shit that looks stupid because it intentionally puts in stuff that's off target. So you won't realize how well they can target you. Nice. I just had a nightmare that talking about the big stuff was censored every single episode. That's not a nightmare. That's a dream because actually they're uncensored on the Patreon. Patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff. I don't know. I had a friend who um, she called me up and told me she was thinking of marrying a guy and she ended up marrying him and ended up getting divorced years later, but um, not for this reason. He got divorced because he cheated on her. But she said that she went, the one thing she said about marrying him was his orgasms were so mild she couldn't feel it in her. And that was her favorite thing about sex was feeling a guy's orgasm. And that she was like, I'm never going to feel that again when I marry him. Damn. I, you know, you know, the, the famous Harry met Sally scene. Uh-huh. And, and how we all Cats know. Cats delicatessen. Yeah. Uh, I know that no woman has ever faked an orgasm with me. Because they didn't bother. Because they didn't bother. <laughs> I wish they would. I wish just once somebody <laughs> would just fake an once. orgasm. It was one of the um, obscure uh, comedy movie lore. Do you remember the movie? Did you ever see the movie? I shouldn't say remember because it was out before your time, but maybe you've seen it since. Private Benjamin? Yeah, with Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn, yeah, exactly. It's been a long time and I don't remember much about it. Yeah, there's a scene where she Pretty had to... sure I, it was before I was born, before my time. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what I mean. Like, it wasn't a movie you would have seen in the movies or anything. But there's a thing where, you know, she gets married, you know, nice Jewish boy, you know, you know typical thing. But he dies like while they're having sex one night, and then she ends up 
somehow joining the army, whatever. And she ends up stationed in, in Europe and she has sex with a French guy. And the scene of the after the sex is her going, is that what I've been faking all these years? Nice. Very nice. She won an Oscar for that, I think. For British. I don't think she won an Oscar. I think Eileen Brennan may have won something for it. You could be right. I'm looking at it. Because Eileen Brennan was brilliant in it. So she may have been a best supporting. I'm looking it up. In a bad comedy. Yeah. When it comes to advertising, I just feel like... Um, sorry, I got IMDb up. Oh, it won. It, nom- it got nominated for Leading Actress, Supporting Actress, and Screenplay. I can't believe she got a nomination for that. Yeah. I don't remember it being that good of a movie. Well, you would have been 11 or... 13 or 14, I guess, because 81. Yeah, I was 14. Yeah. Maybe the uh, Academy for It won for writing. No, it says it says nominated. Oh, sorry. Writer's Guild of America it won for. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was on the wrong spot. So what I was going to say is with, with the algorithm, it... Um, with the advertising, like, there's some fun stuff, and I... that would, you know, like... I think because of the algorithm, different things are getting advertised. Not to me specifically, but I think advertisers who maybe didn't advertise much before are advertising now. Like we're seeing more luxury vehicles and things advertising than probably did before. You know, you'd see Mercedes, but you wouldn't see other things like because because you're gonna go on you're gonna go on uh, the Super Bowl and and you know have like a Ferrari ad. Nobody's gonna buy a fucking Ferrari from an ad on a Super Bowl. You know, like it it advertising just didn't make sense for. So you do you get to see different Super stuff Bowl ads Bowl. weren't as expensive when I was a kid as they are. Like, like Super Bowl hadn't become the ad thing until like was it the biggest one was nineteen eighty four I think when um, Apple did the first ad for the Mac. And I think it was already expensive then because they like all their budget went to that one ad, but yeah. that ad was so huge. That's like after that, it like just went you know, astronomical. Yeah. Um, but I think that part of the, the algorithm making these other things come up is kind of, I find it fun because on, I, on Instagram, I get a lot of ads for, oh, hold on a second. I get ads for very expensive watches. Um, and it's awesome because I'll go click on the ads and I'm never fucking buying anything. Like I got ads for $75,000 watches and it's like, fuck you. I'm not buying this. However, I will spend 30 minutes on their website looking at all the stupid options and I'm not doing it because like, I'm not doing it to mess with the algorithm. I'm doing it because like I would never go find a store, but if I'm scrolling absentmindedly and you, you advertise something to me that I can't ever afford, you know, I can play around. I can look at it. Same thing with camera stuff. Oh my god, I get like, I get ninety five thousand dollar lens kits advertised to me all the time. Stuff that I'm, you know, not going to be able to afford until we get a thousand patrons. <laughs> yeah, I get hit with um, musicians' friend ads all the time. Until you know, musicians' yeah. friends a music website. I think it's the same as Guitar Center because my dad once had an had an issue buying a guitar from them, and it was Guitar Center who called us and 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 made it made it good gave him an extra discount and stuff um, actually he didn't have a problem he ordered something which was great 
And then they called or they emailed from Guitar Center saying, yeah, we're the ones that were going to fulfill it. But the only guitar we have left of that model that you bought was a floor model. And it's in perfect condition. It's not messed up in any way. You would never know. But we felt we had to let you know that it is a floor model. And then my dad talked them into a 10% more discount, even though it was already like 40% discount because it was what the musician's friend called. They're not a sponsor, but they have something called the stupid deal of the day. And you should know about this, Michael. You should. Because the stupid deal of the day is ridiculously discounted things. And sometimes it's microphones and mixers and other audio equipment that's um, on there besides instruments. But because my dad and I have bought my daughter a couple of things, my dad's bought a bunch of things for himself. I, I'm, I'm, I have to check the stupid deal of the day every day. And so I get ads for it wherever I go. What website is this? Musiciansfriend.com. I think the stupid deal of the day is a D'Angelo or something like that. Um, D'Angelico? D'Angelico. Um, semi-hollow electric guitar it's what it is um, navy blue one today i think but it changes every day well logan's really into music shit um yeah they got leah her her concert ukulele there um her electric guitar i don't uh, know if it's pronounced ukulele I've been oh yes you're right i'm you're right i'm sorry it is ukulele you're correct it is her ukulele I, I want watching the Doogie the Doogie Hauser uh remake Doogie Kamala Aloha or something okay it's on Disney Plus. All right, I didn't know it that. It takes place in Hawaii, yeah. so we're like, we'll watch this. And um, but we've been watching it, and they they talk about the ukuleles a lot. Yeah, it is ukulele. I just grew up in the seventies when it was mispronounced all the time. The stupid deal of the day today is a D'Angelico Premier Series Bedford SH Limited Navy Edition Blue. electric guitar Navy with Blue. tremolo, tremolo. I don't know what tremolo is, but Navy Blue. But if you click, if you click through to look at it, and you look at the full size or the, the head of the guitar, what makes that guitar so sweet is that the, the very head of the guitar is a very Art Deco-y um, 1940s look. Apparently, this guy was a master guitar maker. My dad, like, dream was to own one of his guitars when he was uh, growing up, and then uh, this is like a licensed. They brought back his style and licensed his name or whatever. Not him because he'd be long dead. But uh, my dad has bought three of his guitars, three of the guitars, because it was his dream to own this brand of guitar. And when it's a stupid deal of the day, and it's like three hundred or four hundred dollars instead of eight hundred or a thousand, he can't help but buy a couple. One of them he gave to Leah. He gave her her, her choice. He's like, "Here's three. Pick the one you want." This is, this site's cool. If they had like if they had boom mics, I would get them here. But looks like it's all musical it's stuff. music related. Yeah. Sometimes there is overlap between film audio and music audio but yeah um yeah we're actually my dad and i are waiting for a good um singer's microphone to get for leah so she uh, after she did a outdoor event recently with a mic that we borrowed from him like and it went really well we're like okay she needs a mic so if she gets called upon to do a, an outdoor event she uh can sing her little heart out yeah and we'll advertise it that's what we're talking about advertising yeah. um this is like a this is i'll say slightly off topic but kind of tangentially related um so i i remember hearing from tarantino uh he called me one time no uh tarantino had had talked about how he would find old movies and stuff um and because you know Tarantino's kind of well known a for you know, his movie taste, but also because he incorporates so much, uh, you know, yeah, every, homages. Yeah, and, everything he does is an homage and a callback. Yeah. 
And so, like, you know, and, and somebody was asking him about how he accumulated that knowledge. And, and it was interesting because he said something along the lines of, you know, this was before Netflix and the algorithms. And if you wanted to, if you wanted to watch something, you'd turn on the TV or you'd go to Blockbuster and you'd rent a tape. Mm-hmm. If, if it was stupid five minutes in, you couldn't shut it off and go find something else. You just, you would stick with it. Unless it was just horribly offensive to you right. for some reason. Your friends are over, st- you've got popcorn, you're sitting together, you're, you're watching not, the you're movie. Not, you're not finding something else, you're you, watching that thing, yeah, whether you, that thing is good or bad. And, yeah, goes, you, and sometimes that was a, you know, sometimes you'd watch a lot of shit, but like then every once in a while you'd watch something that you may have given up on if you only watched the first five minutes and judged it based on the first five minutes. And, and I think that that is uh, something algorithmically that we're losing out on and and i wonder about that advertising wise like i literally so sarah sarah added sarah has sirius xm radio and today she added me to her plan so that i could have it and i and she texted me at work and was like what's your bin and i was like i don't know my bin number like uh and i've um, got it tattooed on the inside of my leg it's on my scrot um but i and i was talking to Subba, and uh, when that happened, and she's like, "Why does she need it?" I'm like, "Oh," and then I found out she's Sarah's getting me serious. She's like, "Why? Why would you pay for that?" And I'm like, "I don't pay for that. Sarah likes it." However, I do like every once in a while listening to the radio because what you don't get is outside random influence. The and, auto ads, and and if you go on like Apple Music or Spotify, it's algorithm. So it's like, well, you liked A, B, and C, so you'll like D. But sometimes with the radio, because our tastes are not built the same structural way. Like, I love, my two favorite movies are The Godfather 2 and Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey. It's pretty much the same movie. An algorithm would never make that connection. But, you know, like, and that's part of the thing that we're missing out on is that, yes, the algorithm is very good at finding stuff that you will like. But it's not good at finding everything you will like. Yeah, it, it finds things that you could have guessed you would like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that's, I think, the benefit to radio and to some less choosable television. Like, I I, I don't pay. I'm not going to pay for cable. Uh, I don't really see myself ever paying for cable again. Who knows if the apps all die like they're talking about, you know. If, if Disney Plus and HBO Max or whatever it's called today Just all go on under, uh, maybe I will end up having to get cable again. But, like, for right now, I really don't see that happening. But, like, radio, I every once in a while, when you want to, like, clear your head and you don't want, like, I know Eminem's going to play, the Beatles Cirque du Soleil album can play, you know, like, I have I have thousands and thousands of songs, but the algorithm knows which ones I skip now. And it doesn't play those anymore, so it's just all the same three hundred songs. Yeah, it's funny because Pandora, like it started, it was like a musical experiment to expose you to music. Like you, you, you thumbed up it, the ones you like, thumbed down the ones you don't like, and it was like, okay, you like the Billy Joel. It didn't mean it played you more Billy Joel. It was like, okay, you like a single guy with a piano in the back, and it gave you, you know, all of yeah. a sudden you got um, Elton John. And like, and if you didn't like that, it goes, okay, that's not the single guy with the piano is not what you like. What maybe you like seventies rock and it would give you mm-hmm. things that were it trying to predict things you might like. But, but the idea in the original experiment was to expose you to music that you would like, but you didn't know existed and you, you, you wouldn't find. 
And that's why yeah. you can have different stations because you can create different stations starting from different starting points so that you didn't get stuck with always the same thing every time. Like but, today, I'm going to move for bluegrass. So I'll do the bluegrass and you'll find yeah. new bluegrass. But they would get pretty K-holed pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't a perfect experiment. But, yeah. yeah. And, and part of it, I guess, for me was that I never wanted to make new stations. I wanted to just like, you know, I would, I would, you know, I would thumbs up some Billy Joel and then I would thumbs up some Eminem and then very quickly it would be like, okay, it's all the Lonely Island that you're listening to now. It's just Lonely Island and Stephen Lynch. And I'm like, right. you yeah, did. I you, like comedy. Let's say that I had a novelty station and it was tons of Lonely Island and Stephen Lynch. I've never seen Stephen Lynch stand up anywhere, but I know all of his songs. Yeah. And, and yeah, and and so like to me, that's the downside of the algorithm is that. Like I never would discover that that Biff Tom Wilson was a stand up comic if I didn't have that experience because I got yeah. his songs. Like that's where I discovered he did stand up. Yeah, no, I definitely think it has its purpose. I just think that we need to not throw the baby I, I away wanna... with the bath water. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, like I, like I said, my musical taste stopped evolving, and I stopped listening to the radio. Like I don't know new music. I don't because I don't listen to new music. I don't listen to the radio. I will say with movies, sometimes having a small child is it it can be very much the algorithm thing of like we have to shut this off now but sometimes it's a do not fucking shut this off because you know your kid is like gonna you know and i'm like oh my god why are we watching this and then you're like oh this was actually pretty good once you know because logan wanted to watch it and we sat there and watched this decent amount you know um and so i think that does happen because of him but like, there's a lot of times when it's just Sarah and I did picking, where we'll start like three things, and we'll get like two minutes in. And I'm like, this is fuck. Like, I can just tell. Yeah. And to bring it back to advertising, it's amazing how many movies now fail because the advertising team sucks. Yeah. You know, like you, like you, like I mean, I remember, um, remember a little bitty film, a little, a little unknown film called Fight Club. Remember when Fight Club was out? I never. I, I don't talk about that. So yeah, I had no desire to see it. It looked like a stupid movie about underground fighting, and I had zero desire to see it. And then one day on HBO, like I'm getting ready for work in the morning, I just turn HBO to have some on in the background, and I just get transfixed by this movie that's like a half, a third of the way in, and I'm like, "What am I watching?" And I hit like the info button. And I'm like, "This is Fight Club. This looks amazing." So I stopped watching it right there, and it stopped spoiling it to so go back and watch it from the beginning of the day. I'm like. If I had any idea what that movie was about, I would have gone to the theater to see it. But the ads were horrible compared to what the movie was. And I don't know, half the superhero movies that fail are because of the ad campaign. Like Blue Beetle oh, yeah. got rave reviews, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes from audience score, but nobody went to see it because the ads look like every other movie. I listened, maybe I mentioned this to you last week, I, I listened to a YouTube video in the last two or three weeks, it was talking about all the blockbusters. Did I tell you this story or not? No, the old blockbusters closed, man. No, blockbuster movies. So, you know, when, when Star Wars came out, uh, you know, when Jaws came out, it was it was a summer movie. It was a blockbuster. And, you know, you might have a Woody Allen movie. And you might have... Right, uh, the competition was very different. Right, and so like you, a Woody Allen movie would get made for you know at that point in time like two million dollars. It had to make four million dollars to make a profit, which you know countrywide wasn't that big of a deal for it to make that kind of money to make its money back. And 
and and then you'd get that occasional blockbuster where people where everyone would go out and say i'm gonna go see this movie um and so that those movies you know when they were happening once two maybe three times a year you could count on it because people were like oh everyone's gonna want to go see jaws everyone's gonna want to go see star wars oh jaws you didn't know that spielberg was well, not yeah, a yeah. bankable no, I, director at that time. right but as yeah. an ex- yeah. right like Star and, Wars also. Nobody knew it Star Wars. It was the first science fiction to, right. to be like that. By the Return of the Jedi, you knew that. But everyone's right. going to go see it. And and so you'd get to that point and, uh, where everyone would go see it. But there was that was because it was the only blockbuster or one of three blockbusters. Right. Kids, mo- the year. kids movies always did great. Like a kids movie was going yeah. to do great because there was only two kids movies out this summer. Every parent had to take their kid to see it. Yeah. So every, yeah. And so they he basically said that every... You know, the non-blockbuster movies could make their money back because they didn't. You know, they let's say they they opened in five thousand theaters nationwide. They needed like thirty people per theater uh, a day to make their money back. Whereas the blockbusters need to be sold out every single because you because you basically need to make two hundred and fifty percent of your initial budget. I think is what they said to to be really making a profit. Because they're going to spend so much on advertising and shit. So if you if you make a hundred million dollar movie, you need to make about two hundred and fifty million to really be a box office success. And so two hundred fifty million dollars requires everyone to go out. And when everyone, you know, and when you have nine, it, in March we had five blockbuster movies. We had Pirates, uh, not Pirates, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I can't remember all the other ones, but there's five movies that should have been blockbusters. So that's one every weekend, if the weekends are timed up right, it might have been one every weekend plus two on one of the weekends. And they're like, we need the the entire movie going audience to invest, you know, a hundred dollars roughly. Because if you're going for two or three people, you need the entire movie. Got to say, it was five dollars when I was a kid. It's twenty yeah. bucks now. That especially if you want to go to a nice theater with the nice seats and yeah, it's so it's. I might so as well go to a play. Yeah, and are you going to? five of that five of those a month like or four of those a month no like if you had it if it was okay august is coming along or september or june i guess is when you really get a good block like the big big memorial day yeah and it's like if you had one or two big blockbusters one of them would 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 most likely succeed because it would get all of the attention and like that was the problem so it's not that advertising is definitely bad too right now but it's also a matter of like we just have too much and that's not a fatigue problem that's like a i'm going to prioritize so like i wanted to see barbie first so i saw barbie and then you know i saw i ended up seeing oppenheimer uh three weeks to a month into theaters and i was lucky it was still there and then I, you know, by, by the time I'd done those, I'd also done Haunted Mansion at some point because I'm the exception. I'm the person who is feeding this shit because I go every. Yeah, day. well, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I have I don't remember the last movie I saw in a the theater. I mean, I mean, the pandemic aside, I didn't go for a year before the pandemic because I'm tired of being deaf. I'm like, no matter yeah. they're so loud, and I get it. I get the movie theater is saying, you know what, Matthew has an 81 inch TV inch TV screen at home with surround sound. The only thing I can offer him is loud. Because his screen is big enough, all I can do is make it louder than he can do at home. 
and yeah. I don't want it louder. I'm like, I, got, I don't want the seat shaking. That's not why I'm going to the movies. And so, I like, like, I have no reason to go to the movies. I'd rather watch it at home. They're like, it's only negatives to me at the movies. People talking, expensive food. Like the one thing that at home is bad is I have to collect the phones from everybody in the house and say no phones if we're watching the movie. But that's what I was gonna, that's but, I, my... but I can't do that in the theater and people still pull out their phone in the theater and light up the theater because they're on their phones. You go to the Alamo. I've never been, but I really want to go. And I cannot go with Sarah because Sarah will get kicked out of that theater because <laughs> Sarah pulls her fucking phone out every time. Um, but yeah, but I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, that's another thing is like, there's little reason to go to the theater if you are privileged enough to have a big screen and surround sound at home. And a yeah. lot of people do. A lot of people, that's where they choose to invest their money is in their TV and sound. That's so, um, by the way, in 1980, when Pryor Benjamin was out, uh, Kramer versus Kramer won Best Picture, and Sally Field won for Norma Ray. That's why she did. Goldie yeah. Hawn didn't get to win Best Picture because because we liked Sally Field. We really, really liked her. Yeah, I'm watching a show with her right now. Oh, she uh, over the house. Winning time, the Dynasty, the the Lakers Dynasty uh-huh. show. It's it's very good for somebody who knows jack shit about any of it i like knew who kareem abdul jabbar was and i knew who magic johnson was and i knew very little else other than that i like it a lot um but yeah i started watching it i almost met her she was a spokesperson for one of the glaxo smith klein actually in roche co-promote co-promoted product uh boniva and uh i worked on that product once and and uh i almost got to meet her but i didn't get to go to the event where she was interviewed didn't work out for my travel plans. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Grew up with a little crush on her from Gidget and um, mm-hmm. Flying Nun. And, and of course, Forrest's uh, mother. Well, not that. That, I was, that was way older. Your mother I was sure old. I was, care about your, no, but. Um, well, the show does care about your education. From, uh, oh. from whatchamacallit? From, um, uh, not Cannibal Run, the other one. Uh, Smokey and the Smokey Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit, and then the movie at the end where he, uh, she, uh, Burt Reynolds and she have a sex scene in the end. Speaking of orgasms, it's a whole thing where he's like, did, did you? Did you? She's like, no. And he goes, but there's that one moment where you kind of arch your back. She's like, no. He goes, but maybe, she goes, honey, the worst thing about our lovemaking is you describing our lovemaking afterwards. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, she was, she, she's, she's an attractive woman, even yeah, she's probably she's an attractive Oscar winner. Yeah, she's a two-time Oscar winner, right? Yeah, because the second time is like she was like whole speech. But now I know how to do this. <laughs> I know how to accept the award now. Last time I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably a good time to wrap up. Let's wrap. So we're talking okay. about hip hop. So it's time to wrap up. Go ahead and wrap. Hip hop. Hip it to the hip. The hip hip hop. You don't stop. See, rock. classic rap. It's okay. A classic. It's it's really tough to call it rap, even by back then's rap standards. B, it was not the first. It was just the first to make it to radio. Which makes it the first. You're telling Moses rapped. I don't give a shit if Moses rapped. Okay. You know, when they say, you know, it was do, the do first you count, shoe. Do you count the Elvis first... as the first rock star? No, but he wasn't the first one to make it radio. It was Buddy Holly. Um... Okay. It had to be a white guy, though. They weren't playing black rock, uh, rock music on the radio. That's my point. Is like sometimes it doesn't get played on the radio because it's black people. So you're and saying you make it palatable for white people, and that's when it. Got so you're saying Sugar Hill Gang were a bunch of white guys. You don't know what you're talking about. 
No. I heard you say that I'm, just now. You said they were a bunch of white guys. That's what they got it was palatable for white people. And it was, it may have been, I don't remember. I, I There was something about, because there's a studio, like the studio put it together for them. So it, it very possibly could have been written by white guys. Could have been. He can't bust you out with his little like, you're such I'll a bust ma- you out with my super sperm. You're such a Massachusetts racist. Like, you know, it was famous and popular. It must have been written by a white guy. Where did you go there right away? It's ridiculous. Anyway, I just want to say for any of our uh, TikTok viewers slash listeners who think that I've never left the house. <laughs> There's a place that I've gone. I've been to all those fucking states. Uh, you just get, just make one video that just pisses off TikTok people Summer every time. Some states of mine. Oh, you motherfuckers think I've never? No, I've been to every state on there that you see an orange line on. Yeah, only the garbage states he hasn't gone to. I haven't been to Alaska. I think Alaska's not a garbage state. Montana okay. looks pretty beautiful. Uh, Oregon, Idaho. I've been to some of those states. I'm not Idaho. I've not been, been to New Mexico. Oh, man. There's, there are some garbage states I haven't been to. I have not been to Massachusetts. Arkansas. I've been to Massachusetts. It is a garbage state. <laughs> I'm from a garbage state. All right. You got, uh, you got anything to plug? Um, nah, nothing new. Except, you know, my brothers and I have been reviewing food over on what was Cravat Attack and is now Brooklyn Brothers Food Review. And we're kind of a little bit goofy with going to random restaurants and stuff. And I'm going to review Devil Dogs in the next couple of days by Drake's Cake. So usually it's restaurant stuff, but occasionally we see something in the grocery store and say, I have to review this. And Devil Dogs is a, a pastry of my youth, so I'm going to review it. Haven't had it in decades. Cool. I will... Um, just say to our listeners slash viewers, uh, thank you for listening slash viewing. We would like you if you, you know if you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe, like, hit the the bell, do the whole thing. Go over uh, to your podcast um, app of choice and subscribe to the podcast version. Yeah, please, please, de- like, go on if you're on Spotify, find us. If you're on Apple, find us. Whatever you're at. It helps us if you just, you know, just set us up to, to automatically download. And if you like the subject, listen. And if you don't like the subject, skip it. We understand. We're not, you know, not every episode's for everybody. Uh, you and you should still play it, but don't you can yeah, skip Yeah, while you're it. in the shower, just let it run in the background. Yeah. Uh, and then if you want to give us a review on any of those uh, apps, YouTube doesn't give you reviews, but you can comment. Um, I don't know if that even helps the algorithm. Uh, but yeah, it would be great if you want to do any of those things. Cause we really want, uh, we think that we're, we're, we're having a great time. It's been over a year now. We're at 13 months and yeah, I looked up at a calendar, not a clock, just so you know. Uh, okay. Stop with the faces while I'm trying <laughs> to do the sales pitch. You, you kept it so, you kept it so straight for Aaron. There was very, very little goofiness. And because uh, Louisa and, uh, edited it, uh, that's true. I did sing. Yeah. If if for some reason liking, subscribing, sharing, oh my god, sharing would be great. Oh man, uh, sharing is so good. Yeah, te- you know, sharing would be awesome. Uh, if you if you if, if that's not enough for you, you could get to listen to the episodes early. You could listen to. Honestly, some of the best content is probably behind a paywall now because we've just gotten so wild with some of our shit. 
Um, I would say that the $3 fee is going to get you a lot. The $10 fee is going to get you everything. And there has been some good shit in the $10 feed. The $3 feed, I would understand, like, you know, $3 feed is less than a dollar a show because three a month, $3 a month. And we're going to release at least four a month, um, five on certain certain random months where the moon is right. Yeah. So you're paying less than a dollar an episode. You're helping us to be able to improve the show. Um, and you know, the money is not going to us individually, just helping us not pay for shit out of our own pocket. Uh, at this point, eventually, you know, I'd love to quit my job and become a podcaster, but that's not going to happen yet. Yeah, so everyone, thanks for um, coming by to talking about the big stuff. Available for a limited time only at a store near you. And if you act now, you can have even more big stuff for $3 a month. Why didn't I do that from the beginning? That would have been great. I don't know. You're not that smart. Yeah, we, yeah. And I'm just holding it, waiting for my little gag at the end. I'm not going to help you out. I'm saving it. Yeah, I'm going to get you a gag. Uh... All right. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.